Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a sustained weight loss and self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are now certified integrative nutrition health coaches, and together with our community, we are learning to live our best lives by telling one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by Beekeepers Naturals. If you listen to our episode with founder Carly Stein, then you already know how powerful Beekeepers Naturals products are. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Allie and I are absolutely obsessed with these products and have been using them consistently since December when Carly was on the podcast. So Allie, what is your favorite Beekeepers Naturals product? I love the Propolis Throat Spray. I've used it consistently through the year, and it's been my immune system's secret weapon, which makes sense since propolis is basically the immune system of the beehive and has germ-fighting properties. What about you? I love the propolis too, especially as somebody who always had strep throat and throat infections. It has seriously changed my entire life. (laughs) But with that said, my favorite product is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. Bee Chill Hemp Honey delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so that you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I sleep like a baby when I take it before bed and it seriously takes the edge off of my whole day. It also hits the spot when I'm craving something sweet after dinner, which is just an added bonus. If you want to try the Propolis or the Beechel Hemp Honey or any of the other amazing products, you can receive 15% off your Beekeepers Naturals order by using the code Courageous Wellness, all one word at checkout, or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash Courageous Wellness. And you can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi guys, we have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of joe from an energy boosting treat to a health enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Hello. 
Hello, Allie. Hello, Erica. It is just the two of us today. We are back for another solo episode. Yes. So um, since our last solo episode, we talked about how we were doing Whole30 and our goals, right, for kind of finding food freedom and balance with food in the new year. Mm-hmm. So um, to start off, I think we're going to talk about that. So yeah. Allie, how was your Whole30? Well, my Whole30, as I said, this time around was different. I've done two very like strict traditional definitions of a whole 30 before. So I knew going into it, it wasn't actually going to be, um, a f- what I would call a whole 30. It was sort of using that as a base to, um, kind of kick off the year in the way I wanted to feel because I've done it twice before. Like I know how good I feel on the, on the, um, on the flip side of it <laughs> after it's over. And, but I also knew I had some events and some, a little bit of travel, um, in January where it wasn't going to be necessarily realistic where I would be able to cook or if I in fact wanted to have a drink like I wanted to allow myself that because the whole goal like we were saying was kind of this next phase of really not having it to have to be like all or nothing right and really creating just patterns and habits of what feels best for me most of the time rather than like either 100% of the time or 0% of the time, right? So um, that's really what I was able to do in January. I'd probably say I did like whole 15 and then um, continued to eat sort of with the whole 30 protocol. But I did have, there were two nights when I was away and um, had some cocktails on a special occasion. And... I then then went back to like not having drinks during the week and it was actually really great. It was liberating. And when, you know, it's like for me, the habitual sort of thing of just like, oh, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to grab a drink. That was cut. So I could easily have a cocktail and then not have one the next day. And that's sort of what I wanted to achieve with it. And I have. And that's sort of what I've set as my pattern and it feels great. And, um, so that's, that was with the drinking as far as February goes. Then I, I have been traveling a lot for work things and I've discovered that, um, Whole Foods delivers free and prime to hotel rooms, which has been a game changer. Um, so I was able to sort of stay in the zone. Like I want to keep, I always feel best when I'm eating mostly veggies a little bit of animal protein. I don't eat any dairy. That's sort of like what works for me. And minimal grains. And if so, maybe gluten-free grains, rice, quinoa, I feel the best on. So I tried to stick through that. But I'm also like, I was in Chicago and it was five degrees out and like there was nothing without weed in it. And (laughs) there were some nights where I just like, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have a sandwich. But that doesn't mean like, I eat sandwiches every day, right? Because I don't feel my best doing that. So that was my goal with Whole30, quote unquote, um, this time around. And I I feel like it's really helped me achieve that. And I'm just hoping to sort of stay on that sort of path and with these current new patterns of behavior. Yeah, I like that. For me, I did traditional January Whole30. It was my second time doing it and I will say it's a lot easier the second time Mm. like just 
it's a lot easier. I even feel like, you know, the first time around for anybody who has never done it or wants to do it, they have a chart on the Whole30 website that's like, Days one through three, this is how you will feel. Days four through seven, this is how you will feel. And it was pretty right on for the first round. But this round, I felt like my, even like my detox time, it didn't seem as intense as the first time. Um, I did rely a lot on model meals, Danica Breisha's meal delivery service, which helped especially in the beginning, um, transitioning, I think, from like a very indulgent holiday mm-hmm. <laughs> season. And I actually started Whole30 with um, a terrible, terrible cold. I was out for a week. I feel like everybody's been sick. This has been the worst cold and flu season. Um, so having those model meals arrive was kind of life-saving and a game changer. But yeah, I felt great. I did it 100%, which I know I could do. And we talked about this in our last solo episode and kind of why, at least for me, that goal of like food freedom comes from is because I know how to restrict mm-hmm. and I know how to indulge. Like I can do whole 30 because, um, I can, I can limp, I can quit like drinking for a month. I can quit sugar, grains, dairy, legumes. What else can't you have? Sugar, grains, dairy, legumes, alcohol. I think that's processed everything. food, all processed food. Yeah. Um, like I can do that. And, um, but then I can also, like indulge for a whole holiday season. And so for me, it was, um, I was really looking forward to after Whole30 to see how I could implement alcohol, maybe some grains back in, maybe dairy. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I really wanted to find a most of the time because even though I felt like there were some months my most of the time was healthier. Overall, I feel like it was probably 50-50. Like 50% of my 2019 was healthy and 50% of my time was fun indulgence, which is great. But I know how good that's what sucks about Whole30. <laughs> it doesn't suck. It's actually great. But the information you receive about yourself. The informa- like I feel so good when I don't eat grains and don't have dairy and eat whole foods (laughs) that it is knowledge. Right. So I know, I know that. And I really did just want to feel better, um, most of the time. So February was a very interesting month because for the most part, I have stayed entirely off of dairy just because I know it doesn't serve me. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Yes. I, I did have a little goat cheese and I felt fine. And, um, Oh, my husband and I went to Santa Barbara and we went to McConnell's and I had a little bit of ice cream that day, but, and I felt fine. So I've had dairy maybe twice in a month. And that's, again, that's what I wanted. I wanted this type of like, you can have a little bit of ice cream with your husband in Santa Barbara, but that doesn't mean now I'm back on dairy, right? Or a little goat cheese on, you know, a salad. But again, that doesn't mean I'm having cheese every single day. And so, and similarly, I've avoided grains most of the time I've been I've not gone back to gluten at all Mm -hmm. and I'm trying if I eat grains like in their whole form like like rice right or quinoa instead of you know rice flour or etc I have had a little gluten-free bread but yeah so I feel like I figured out a most of the time I've also incorporated alcohol back which you know I love my glass of wine I do I'm enjoying it so much I am trying again 
to pretty much just drink organic wine which has made a big difference or like hard kombucha Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to be more conscious of quality I actually haven't had a cocktail this month but I'm more of a wine person than a cocktail person so yeah so I feel like I am figuring out my most of the time but it has been interesting like the mental game at play of realizing I think the last two months for me have been this interesting exploration of it is about health and it is about how I feel, but sometimes the obsessiveness over, you know, I guess like kind of like going off the wagon or being on the wagon, or I think before when you would have like the goat cheese on the salad and then it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to have cheese every day. Right. It's like, or that concept of, oh, I had one bad thing. So my day is ruined instead of every next meal being the chance to like reset and begin again, you know, to feel your best. I do think there is a bit of vanity and diet culture that still lives in my brain. Of course. Yeah. Which again, I think is very normal. And I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look a certain way either you know but so I think it's an awareness thing though because the reality is we can't escape diet culture because we live in diet culture yeah and I think the and that's you know there's sadness to that there's a lot of people trying to really combat that and we discuss it and talk about it and like bring light to it so I think that's part of the issue is when is not is like not being um, delusional about what is and isn't diet culture. And oftentimes, like we've talked about this too before, wellness can be, mm-hmm. you know, disguise or can be diet culture in disguise. Um, and just having the conversation about it and like the gray areas between those things, I think is really important because it just brings light and awareness to the fact that diet culture does permeate all parts of our of our culture. Absolutely. And I think that's like been the key difference is because I don't think in the past I've let myself admit that Mm. and so now that I have like admitted to myself that there is an element of after whole 30 like I mean my 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 I'm so not puffy my stomach is like as flat as it ever is you know it's like I like the way I look and I like the way I feel Mm -hmm. both go hand in hand but at the same time it's been interesting to be aware that there is that vanity portion that is a part of it because then when I've decided it's it's actually helping me combat the negative part of diet culture because there have been a couple nights where I have felt like, oh, I need rice. Like I feel like I need, like I had a hard workout or I just want some rice, yeah. you know? And when I'm like, oh, but you're not doing grains, then I'd ask myself, well, is that coming from your fucked up diet culture or is that coming from the fact that you actually just don't need grains tonight and then I'm able to make a more informed decision and most of the time I have chosen to go with the grains on that night because it is coming from my body wants my body does want it tonight and so it's been amazing I also something during Whole30 that you're not supposed to do is weigh yourself. So you weigh yourself when you begin or take pictures and then you do it on day 31 or day 32, whatever you decide to do. And I, so, and again, like I do have a weight loss journey and I do 
for the most part, I'd say I've always kind of weighed myself once a week. I know people who weigh themselves every day, <laughs> you know. Oh, God. I weigh myself once a year if I go to the doctor. Yeah. So I'm the office and I don't even own a scale. So I, 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 for the most part, have weighed myself like once a week on a regular basis. But it's, it was actually very freeing not to weigh myself. And I noticed that during the last Whole30. So now I'm weighing myself once a month. And that is also a game changer because it also helps me focus more on how I feel. What do I want to eat based on how I feel as opposed to what that number on the scale said. So it's helping me a lot because that's the thing. I'm not denying that there is vanity playing into this or that I want to look a certain way, even with alcohol sometimes. Sometimes I just don't drink because my face gets puffy and I like how I look better when I don't drink. But for the most part, I am making decisions based on how I feel. And that is really liberating. And I feel like my goal is kind of like I'm 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 getting there of figuring out a most of the time. I feel like in the last two months, I mean, obviously during Whole30, but in this last um, month of February, I feel like I am figuring out a most of the time that really does work for me and is serving me. And that's been really nice. Even with alcohol, you know, like I would always like have a couple drinks and then feel like I need grains or something substantive. But I found that that's not the case based on how I feel. Like I can have like a couple glasses of wine and like not have to have some grains afterwards. It's been interesting. It's been a very interesting couple months. It sounds like you're getting more in touch with that like intuitive, um, part of us as far as like decision makings for what your body needs at any given moment it sounds like you're getting like closer to that space especially you know the example you're talking about like do I really want this right now like is my body speaking to me or am I like making a decision from some other place from you know, my diet culture programming or whatever. And I think it's like the more you can get in tune with your body, the less like your brain talks you in and out of things. Yeah. And you know what else is really interesting is I think I've mentioned one of these concepts on the podcast before, but I think it is good enough to mention again, which is like, what are, there's two things. It's like, one is what are those extra five pounds? Yeah. And the second is I read an article or I saw something on Instagram. I don't remember exactly, but it talked about, um, how for the most part, I think most people, at least myself, since I've had my weight loss journey. So in the last like seven years about, um, my weight has stayed the same you know, give or take five to seven pounds up and down. And yet I have found myself obsessing over what I'm eating when that's not really making any big difference. Right. Because when I've been more restrictive or I've been more indulgent in the last seven years, my weight has stayed plus or minus maybe the highest seven pounds. Yeah. And that's like nothing. nothing. My clothes all fit. You know, it's nothing. And so I was like, wow, like... Go eat the rice if you want the rice or have the ice cream with your husband if you want the ice cream because my weight has virtually stayed the same for seven years. But think about all the amount of 
time you spend. Wasted time, right? Wasted time thinking about it. Thinking about what I'm eating. And so I feel like this year is actually, I'm sure like as we continue solo episodes, I'll continue expanding this. But this is the first time I feel like I'm really going like in deep with myself and my relationship with food for the better. And then the other concept, right, was that like, what are those five pounds? And why I think it mentions repeating again, if you have heard me share this on the podcast before, is it was, I think, a Huffington Post article that talked about like, what are those five extra pounds you're trying to lose? Is it um, wine and cheese with your girlfriends? Is it pizza with your boyfriend? Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, birthday cake, right? It's like those five pounds are actually like the memories and and your life, right? So I really liked when I read that article because I was like, oh, I'd rather have those five pounds and be able to have have you know pizza with my friends <laughs> right it's like it's like um occasions of joy exactly and you know that's the thing too maybe it's because I like have like one side of my family is like Italian and it's something but it's like I love I think it's why I love cooking I love food is such a creative sort of pleasure point in my life and I don't I don't want to change that and I can I think that food has done much more good for me than bad for me, right? Like to look at it as like, God, it's, you know, it's helped me heal. It's helped me heal from major surgeries. It's helped me perform sort of crazy amounts and do crazy things with my body. And so like to just reframe, you know, cause we can all, even though I, I haven't had like major whatever it, issues with that, I'm not immune from it. Like I grew up in diet culture too. And like I've had moments where I've really started to focus too much. And I do have a mechanism to like cut that off for myself because it's not something I want to value. Like I don't hold that towards other people. I don't want to hold myself to that. And so I have a mechanism to cut it off if I, if I find my mind going in too much of a like, Oh, this and this and this, you know, like a critical sort of thing. I just, I just don't want, it's not fun to live that way. It isn't. And you know, something actually, I heard this from the Taylor Swift documentary, the Miss Americana. Um, which <laughs> I love that you I don't, watched I it. I do. I watch you guys. I watch everything. I, I'm pop culture. Um, but, but it was really interesting And one part that I had even read about before I saw the documentary was how, you know, Taylor Swift went from being a double zero to a size six. And Taylor Swift is also like 5'10". Like she is a tall girl. She probably also, was this over like her growing up too? No, she talks about she didn't eat. She would see pictures of herself and then starve. So she talks about how she would starve herself. And she felt like when she was performing on stage, she was always going to pass out. And she thought that was just normal until she's like, no, if you eat and fuel yourself, you will not feel like you're going to pass out. But she says, like, I would see these pictures of myself and my stomach would be like, you know, she's such a skinny girl. But, you know, we all have she would notice like a little pooch in her stomach or whatever. And it would cause her like to just stop eating. And she would she said, like, for years, she just counted every calorie she put in her body. And she didn't even realize. I think that's what was so interesting. She didn't realize she had an eating disorder because she was eating. She was just not eating enough. And, and yes, she would starve herself, but she thought that was just normal behavior. Mm -hmm. But she said, so now, you know, she's gone from a double zero to a size six and it's clear she's gained weight, but she says, so when she sees pictures of herself, 
her mind will go back to that place of, oh, there's my stomach or I have to stop eating. And she said what she tells herself is, no, we don't do that anymore. Mm. Like that's the phrase she repeats in her head. Like we don't do that anymore, Taylor. And I watched it and I was like, I like that. Yeah. So I actually really took that. Thank you, Taylor Swift, um, from the documentary. So when I see my mind going like, you know, to like poochie parts of my body, I'm like, no, Erica, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. So I really I think you do need to like talk to yourself a yeah. little bit because we aren't immune to. And again, there's nothing wrong like with wanting to look a certain way or having fitness goals or wanting abs. But again, it's the why, because I think the negative part of diet culture comes from and, and I transformed so much of this through my weight loss journey. And I don't believe I actually believe this. I right. just think it's the stories we've told ourselves so long that if I was skinnier, I would be happier. happier. And it's like, even though I don't believe I actually feel that way, the years and years of programming when I did like can still rear its head out. Right. That doesn't, even though you transform it, it doesn't go away 100%. You just, you just become stronger than it. Which is why I like that. Like having a mantra, you repeat like, no, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. Like, no, like you deserve, like she even said something like I deserve to eat. Food is not punishment. And I was just like, wow. Like it was, and again, like I'm sure many people who haven't seen the documentary like have probably read these articles because it was probably one of the more viral parts of the documentary. But I think it is important for um, people to talk about that because, you know, I think, too, it's like we it's just like you giving that example. We put so much pressure on ourselves. But like, I don't know about you, but I never hold other people to that. Never. I never judge. Like, I really don't look at people and oftentimes even think about their body, yeah. you know? And it's like, why do we do that to ourselves? Yep. There was a viral Instagram that was circulating, I think a few weeks back that, that said exactly what you're saying, where it was like, I have never ever met somebody and immediately thought about like their weight or how they look, or even if I'm like, oh, they're pretty or whatever, it's not what ends up staying with me from what we took. It's like, maybe I just noticed something, but it's never what stays with me. So again, like you're saying, we don't, I'd say probably the majority of us do not look at other people the way we look at ourselves. And so again, I feel like I'm doing like mental workouts because I feel like- I feel like, yes, I've done so much of this work, but now I'm going like into this really deep place where I think I am really healing my relationship with food. And I think that's because too, like I forget, like not that I forget, but my weight loss journey really came from self-love and accepting and loving my body as it was. So I didn't have to really think about food and fitness until after I lost the majority of my weight when my body dysmorphia really came. Yeah. It's, it's been an interesting journey, but, um, but yeah, I think again, like food is such a big component, but the way we take care of ourselves too, affects like what I'm craving that I want to eat or what I how hungry I am and so I'd love to like to like pivot into like any self-care practices that maybe we've started in the last couple months especially with you Allie because you travel you you travel a lot (laughs) I know it's been particularly crazy recently yeah and you've basically been living out of a hotel for the last month so how 
how do you prioritize taking care of yourself when you are that busy? Um, um, that's a good question. I, you know, it's nice to be this busy or traveling. Like it's nice to have this experience where I'm traveling as much as I am in my thirties because I see some people I work with who are maybe 10 years younger than me and I think still feel sometimes pressure to like, I don't know, I actually haven't asked them. So maybe they don't feel pressure. Maybe they're just young and like have way more energy, but like to go out, you know what I mean? And like, if you're in a new city or whatever on the road, it's like, yeah, I want to explore this. And I do like to explore cities that I go to, but I'm also fine with like, going to bed and having quiet time and I think that's the thing like for me I like and need alone time I need quiet sometimes I think it's being an only child it's like I recharge that way and I know that about myself and I know that about myself well now that I'm the age I am and it sounds so like distinguished but now that I'm in my early to mid thirties. I guess I'm moving into that mid zone soon. Not, not quite yet soon, but, um, I can, I feel confident making the decision to do any particular evening or afternoon, what I need to do for myself. Right. So even though oftentimes I'm working with big groups of people and in social environments, like I don't need to, I don't feel pressure to make that anything more than it is. That's huge for me having alone time, quiet time, recharge time. Um, I really try to, this is not new, but obviously we both chant. We talk about our Buddhism a lot on the road. It's harder because I'm out of my routine, but I still try to prioritize doing that every morning and evening. Um, and baths are nice. I've learned the hard way though. You need to call ahead to make sure you get a tub. <laughs> you know, like the little, it's like the little travel hacks that you learn by doing it. Um, at some point maybe I will like write an article for our website or something about everything I've learned from all the travel because it is true. You need to have some little hacks. Like I got a, um, USB like mini blender what now I'm bringing like, you know, it's just like little things like that. And, and I was joking before, but it's true. Like, uh, an order of groceries and making sure I have a mini fridge. Like it's, li it's life changing because you, if you're eating at a restaurant all the time, you're not going to feel great and you don't have the selection. And the reality is too, you realize how fortunate we are. We've talked about this before, but like you don't have the dietary options and choices everywhere in the country that we do here. Um, that's real. Yeah. And one thing I know we were talking about, like I really don't look at people and form judgment. Like I think ever based on how they look. Right. But one thing I can observe is going to different places in the country and, um, seeing the food choices and and it's it's really not it's really not great yeah it's a problem like yeah i think i saw the other day like a whole strip of things and every single thing was a fast food 
Well, yeah. And that, again, that doesn't have anything to do with weight or how you look because there are some like really beautiful, skinny quote, like, you know, stereotypically beautiful, thin people who are very unhealthy. Right. Of course. Health and physical appearance, you know, don't Don't always always go hand in hand. Go hand in hand. But it is. It's interesting. Even at Whole Foods. Right. Like it can be hard. Like it's better. Right. Like it's better to still eat spinach, even if it's on the dirty dozen and it can't get it organic. It's still better to eat spinach than McDonald's. But um, everything at Whole Foods is like drenched in canola oil, too, which is so interesting. My husband eats a lot of like Whole Foods hot bar. Um, (laughs) It's like his place. Um, Like, you know, he'll stop there pretty regularly. I wish I was the housewife that cooked every night, but <laughs> it's not me. Um, so he will get Whole Foods hot bar and um, we'll go together. And I'm just like, damn, like everything is drenched in canola oil. Yeah. It's getting better because I think a lot of people in the wellness space are, are saying something. making noise. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, I told him, I was like, babe, like try to get the things that, you know, and they have it. Like they have Some a really, have olive oil. Ooh, yeah, they actually, they're hot bar. If they have it by you, by me, they they have like a ratatouille, a ooh. vegetarian rat. I don't, I guess all ratatouille is probably vegetarian. Yeah, I think so. It's, but oh my God, it has no canola oil. It's just mm. like veggies and like some salt and it's so good. And so you can do it. And so I've just told him like, Hey, Make sure you look at ingredients. <laughs> yeah, for so. sure. I mean, and you can only do your best. Like things like that. Again, it's like one time here or there is not a big deal. You know, when I'm traveling, it's like I there's no way to know all of yeah. my things. So I, I try not to stress or think too much about it. But when I am home or when I can sort of have agency over what I eat, I try to. Yeah, that's so important. I think even not traveling, like I've really realized the last couple of months of just such the importance of morning and evening routines, which we talk about. And some people are morning people. Some people are evening people. I'm both. I'm a morning person. <laughs> I'm, I think. I'm a morning person, but I need like, I have things I know will set me up for the day in the morning. And I know I have things that will help wind me down uh, in yeah. the evening. Yeah. And, um, it's hard because I, I'm tired as I'm sure many of our listeners are, and I'm sure you are when you're, um, traveling, but I, um, it's when you're tired, it's really hard to prioritize the things that will set you up and then like work more for you. So you ultimately become less tired, but, um, the rituals that, I have found myself really doing and that are serving me is even like with my spiritual practice, finding um, like ways to make it even more like self care. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like when I chant in the morning and the evening, I have, um, I've had chronic neck pain since October. I don't know if I really talked about it um, on the podcast, but I think it was really ignited by stress mm-hmm. and it hasn't gone away, um, which sucks and it can affect my sleep at night. Um, and I'm going to see a doctor about it. So that's why I'm mentioning it. Cause who knows what updates I will have about my chronic neck pain. But, um, Kelly Bloodgood from the Well and Good Health Studio, yes. who is going to be um, coming up on an episode later this month. Um, she recommended to me this like infrared neck heating mm-hmm. thing. 
And so um, it's it does help a lot with my neck pain when I use it uh, a couple times a day. And so now I, I, I keep it where I chant. And so oh. I plug it in and I make myself a cup of coffee in the morning and I like put on my warm neck That's thing nice. and then I do my chanting. And it's actually just like up leveled, like a routine I've always had into this like nice, like <laughs> like I'm like just like even more self-carry because you know like anything when it becomes a routine so I and I, I love it so I've been doing that and then yeah just like really trying to prioritize my skincare and Epsom salt baths as much as I can at night yeah I do I have been really consistent with CBD and that is making a big difference on my anxiety um yeah I'm liking the brand preemptive right okay. now anyone's looking for a good one um our we girl, also have some great codes yes we do have a code with ned which i also really um i love ned products ned is so great so um but i ran out of my bottle and um a friend recommended preemptive and i'm oh, nice. always uh looking to try new things so i'm enjoying that right now um yeah i think i finally found a dose that works for me too so i've just been trying to like really consistency is so important with I think self-care and food like everything right I just want to take care of myself Mm -hmm. because it's hard out there it's hard out there there. and it's just like it, it just makes everything flow better I found reading too before bed helps me calm my mind a lot so I've been reading a lot before bed I read um Oh gosh, what was the book? I read a lot. I read Women, Food, and God, which yes. I think I talked about. That book, Women, Food, and God, unbelievable. Everybody should read it. Everybody should read it because it's about food, but it's about life. Like it is about life and everybody should definitely pick it up. You know, one of the things that I really took away from Women, Food, and God, which I read in January was um, she talks about like, our response patterns. Mm. And so like I'm a 31 year old woman, but when you're eating or when you're reacting to any situation, are you reacting as your 30 year old woman self in your present body, in your present form, or are you reacting from whatever place of trauma that you felt as a child or as a teenager, whatever. For me, I think I respond a lot from like this maybe 12 year old girl. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when I read that and I was like, Oh my God, so much of my anxiety, so much of my fears, so much of this stuff doesn't actually belong to 31 year old Erica in Los Angeles. It belongs to 12 year old. It belongs to seventh grade Erica, (laughs) you know, in that environment. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So that was just one of the many, many things I took from Women, Food, and God. She also has such practical tips about eating if you do have a tough relationship with food. Something I really um, took away from, which is so hard, and everyone talks about this, but eating without distractions, mm-hmm. taking deep breaths before you eat, really enjoying your food. <laughs> um, but, you know, Janine Roth really talks about you can eat whatever you want if you stop eating when you're full. So actually her whole like eating program is if you learn your hunger and your fullness, which is hard for so many women who have restricted for so many years, right? right? So when people are so disconnected from that. And don't even trust themselves. How do I know when I'm hungry? How do I know when I'm full? 
she said, if you can learn this, that's her, her biggest thing. Like she has eating guidelines, you know, but they're all very like, it's like eat whatever you want. Stop when you're full. Right. So interesting. It's just made me so aware of like, you know, if something's really delicious, I do not stop when I'm full. And sometimes that's okay. But how liberating to be like, no, I'm full and I'm going to stop eating. And she even talks about like how we're so programmed, right? To like finish your plate and all yes. this like <gasps> bullshit. I was thinking about that the other day, actually. She's like, you are not saving world hunger by finishing your plate. You're just, you know, and she talks so much about um, how we like part of why we keep on extra weight or keep off, right? Because there's there's the restrictors too who like right. don't eat that she also helps, right? It's not just about overeating. It can be about undereating. It's because we're like too afraid to feel our feelings. Mm. So by not having enough weight on us or having too much weight on us, that's what we'll focus on instead of, of what's really going what's on. In. But I think that can be said of like things beyond food too. That's why this book, even if you're like, I have the best relationship with food, read this book yeah because replace food with whatever is going on in your life I I'm so glad I read it while I was doing Whole30 it was a great supplement to it and I definitely plan to read it again actually because I'm sure I'll soak in more stuff well I just found my copy that is really old and so I'm gonna definitely reread it I've read parts of it I know in the past but it was before this whole part of my like journey in my life and my schooling so I I'm gonna revisit it soon I'm excited You know what's interesting? Um, I was having this thought recently where I think, you know, we're talking about like knowing when you're full, knowing when you're hungry, those types of mechanisms, knowing what your intuition about what you, what your body is craving at any given time. But I think like why it's so hard on top of the fact that we've just been programmed and conditioned through diet culture is that like culturally women are really disconnected from their bodies. Like we're, we're not taught to like feel, I mean... Yes, there's a lot of like trauma, I think, that a lot of people hold in their bodies, maybe men as well, but more so women, like in so many ways, like sometimes our bodies have been taken away from us in the sense from whether it's something as extreme as like sexual trauma to like reproductive rights to really knowing our bodies, like being taught, educated about our anatomy, all different things, right? Having weird sort of you know, sexual things placed on us culturally. Absolutely. And then also being taught like you need to look a certain way, what you are, what the way you are right now is not, not the ideal, that kind of thing. There's so much stuff around women's bodies and they've become so politicized over so many centuries. And I think that's really like, I think all the things like, Knowing when you're full, knowing when you're hungry, knowing what your body wants at any given time or what nutrients you're craving or things like that. Those are all such like basic things I think that we are given from being born in bodies, like in nature. You know what I mean? It's such a natural basic thing when you think about it. But I think the reason we don't trust it or we don't know is because we've like programmed to be other than our body. Absolutely. And not talk about our, like we as women, I think, and maybe people grew up with more progressive groups of friends or more progressive parents. But it's like when we talk about our body, it is always in term of like what we want to look different. Maybe like, you know, like girls that are like, Oh, like my thighs are too fat or whatever it may be. Or, Oh, 
you know, the, the media images that we constantly get, right. It's like showing us like this ideal woman, but we don't really talk about anything in terms of like our sexual wellness, our physical wellness, our emotional body wellness up until probably like the last couple of years, right. was when this like became more mainstream or is becoming more mainstream. And I've been having more conversations with my girlfriends and just acquaintance female relationships where we're talking more about like our sexual history and our physical body history and our emotional like we're going there and it's it's so freeing to talk about and I think again like the more and I think that's what's so great about the podcasting space is because you can find people talking about things that maybe you would never talk about with your friends but I think we as females should absolutely start talking about our relationships with our bodies, our mind, our spirit, our sexuality, food with the other females in our life, Mm. because the more vulnerable we are, it gives them permission to be vulnerable. And it takes away all of this bullshit that we're putting on ourselves. And it's just been really interesting. It reminds me of, okay, so we were at um, a big conference called blog her health, uh, not too long ago. And, um, busy Phillips and Nancy Northup, um, who's a big uh, female reproductive rights lawyer um, who's done a lot with policy changing. Um, we're both given awards there for their work within the space of female reproductive rights. And the reality is like we do sometimes take it for granted because of where we live and stuff. But there are places in this country where it is like people are actively trying to strip strip rights from women. And that's not just like abortion rights. It's like all around encompassing female reproductive rights. And that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But we were talking about something as simple as like tampons. Like all women, over 50% of the population gets a period. And it's like from the age of whatever, 10 to 50 in that zone, give or take, women are bleeding every single month. And it's like, why do we hide a tampon in our hand on the plane when you're walking to the bathroom. It's like, that should also be like open dialogue with men. It's just a part of life. Like, absolutely. And it's like weird that it's like, I don't know. There's just so much shame around so much of the stuff. There's so much shame around everything that has to do with the female Female body, body, right? Everything. And so it is, it is fascinating and we need to talk more about this, but, um, but it is important to have these conversations. And again, like, not to get political, but without autonomy over our bodies, there is no equality. So yeah, let's get political. Let's I just don't be. Care. <laughs> I, yes, without autonomy, there is no equality, regardless of what you believe. That's right. not saying you have to ever make that choice. Make yourself, that choice. But you yourself. should legally have the right to make the choice. Absolutely. Okay. As we wind down, um, I know we talked about women, food, and God, but I think we can. Um, and with a few more recommendations that I think we really enjoyed this month. I know we both watched um, Shrill season two. Yes. And we really liked it. I think it's a great um, show. I think it's a very important show. Um, so please check that out if you haven't. It's on Hulu. And there's one hilarious episode, which is what we were laughing about, which she's a she's a journalist. AD, what's her? Bryant? AD Bryant, yeah. She, um, she's a journalist. Is her character is a journalist. And she goes to this like female like empowerment wellness. wellness thing convention and Vanessa 
God, they're both Briar. SNL. Vanessa, yeah, she plays like the whatever, like the the main woman, and it's so funny in this like wellness group, and it's so it's really shining light on like how privileged a lot of this is, and, and it's cool because even in that episode, and it, it's it's so fascinating too. But she talks like she can see both sides. She's yeah. like there are these women who are changing their lives and, and getting, getting something, something out, of out of it. But then it's also very white and very privileged and not accessible. So, but it's a great show and it's about, you know, she calls herself a fat woman. It's based on a book. It's a, it's a great, great TV show and it's about her journey and they're on season two. But if you haven't watched start at season one, it's yeah. so, it's so, so good. Um, we also watched Goop Lab. I know Goop Lab is, can be very polarizing because when I bring it up, people are like, I don't like Gwyneth Paltrow or I'm not going to vibe with this, but it's actually a great show and it's very informative in a lot of ways. And they do do a female vagina episode about women's sexual health and our bodies that was great the medium episode so good so check that out um I will also say I'm going to share Gwyneth Paltrow story sat next to her in a workout class was very intimidated because I had the Gwyneth Paltrow of goop in my mind she was the nicest person in the world she shook my hand she was like hi I'm Gwyneth high-fived me after class she was like a real human so yeah yeah yeah, we put we put a lot of stuff on and they're very, you know, what Goop has done is intense lifestyle and branding to the nth degree. And so they really encompass like the wellness with lifestyle at the same yeah. time. And that's what they sell. And they sort of unapologetically sell it. And it's sometimes unapologetically inaccessible. However, this show I actually did get a lot out of and I enjoyed it. And I learned and they do everything from like microdosing of psychedelics for thera therapeutic reasons to like you said there's a medium to there's like using cold the work of Wim, Wim Hof I think his name is from Denmark like using ice swimming or like cold water swimming for mitochondrial health and like helping autoimmunity well and, autoimmune and I think what it does do is I think because it's on Netflix if people give it a chance it can open your mind to maybe different things yes. because even though the practices aren't accessible, watching it on Netflix is. is. <laughs> and so you can expand your mind. Uh, but it's it's interesting. Check it out. And then um, I have one more book recommendation. It's not a wellness book, but if you like a thriller, I also read The Wife Between Us. And it was great. I would recommend it. I like a, I like a little thriller. We're going to have to start a CW book club one of we these will. days. I really enjoy reading. I like read like three or four books at once, right? I'm going to start, um, if anyone wants to start with me, Your Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yeah. We've, that's been recommended a few times. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to start that. And so I'll keep you updated, but. And I'm going to read Women Food of God again. Yes. Yeah, so, um. For everyone, don't forget, we'll be back next Wednesday with a great interview. Um, today, when this episode comes out, we will be at Expo West and we will be storying um, all day long. So follow along at Courageous, Courageous Wellness. Wellness on Instagram. And again, subscribe, rate, write us a nice review. We love you guys. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, till next time. Yes, till next time. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. 
subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch through our website, www.courageouswellnesspodcast.com. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.